Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It was a Friday, December the 29th, back in 2023, and the world sat back wondering what could possibly happen next. What exactly is going to happen in this upcoming year, a year with great consequence and great danger? My name is Brett Witterbull. I'll be hosting the program for the next four hours, and we'll be taking a number of different thoughts from you. Most importantly, though, I'm really curious to find out from you how 2024 plays out. Let's pretend for a moment that we're on the verge of 2025, that it's uh, December the 28th, uh, 2024. The election has been held. The results are now known. You tell me what future you see. You don't have to call right now, but think about it. And over the course of the next four hours, I'd love to get your thoughts, your takes, your fears, and what makes you confident. See, this is the best part about talk radio. And not just because it's the holiday season and people are able to relax a little bit, but it's this opportunity that we get especially this time of year, especially uh, with a look towards an election coming up in a variety of ways. Obviously, the Congress, the Senate, state elections, you name it. Uh, But it's an opportunity for us to kind of workshop this. What are you worried about? What are you afraid of? What's the biggest issue? Everything is fair game on this program for the next four hours. And I want you to feel welcome to express your opinions. Republicans, Democrats, independents, first-time voters, never-time voters, never-going-to-vote-again voters. I'm more than happy to take your phone calls because that's where talk radio is the best, as a community around a virtual table where we can talk about these things. If you haven't heard the news since last night, and I'd be shocked if you hadn't because you're an incredibly informed audience, um, bringing you up to speed, Uh, The state of Maine and the secretary of state decided that Donald Trump can't be on the ballot because Donald Trump is an insurrectionist. Uh, Cut number one, Tommy. Uh, This is uh, Shellen talking about the decision she made when she went on MSNBC last night to explain her decision to bounce Trump from the Maine ballot. It's a very detailed decision. Uh, We lay out uh, why under Maine law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation. I'm duty bound to make this determination. Uh, we also, I rather, um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection. 
and therefore was disqualified. Now, I, I, I have to say, not only is this an incredibly important decision, but it's a very brave decision. Uh, the Trump campaign has, has already come out attacking you. Uh, they have said that you are a, a virulent leftist and a hyper-partisan Biden-supporting Democrat. First and foremost, it's important to know, my oath to the Constitution, my obligations to the Constitution and rule of law come before any other consideration. No other factors could weigh on that decision and did not. I'm duty-bound to both hold a hearing and make a ruling. And under the law, there's a very compressed timeline uh, in evaluating this. Uh, I came to the conclusion that I could not, unfortunately or fortunately, wait for the United States Supreme Court to make a de decision. Uh, the main law required me to issue that decision, which I did today. I smiled because we were number one in voter turnout per capita in 2022. We are really proud of that. And we have a really strong framework of election laws that encourage citizen participation. Uh, we have same-day voter registration. We have no-excuse absentee voting up to 30 days prior to Election Day. Uh, we uh, make it really easy to register to vote, to cast your ballot, and know your ballot will be counted. And we're really proud of our national leadership in voter participation and citizen engagement in elections and in the democratic process. I'm old enough to remember, and many of you are as well, the notion of in the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes. The 15 minutes of fame notion, uh, the short-lived media publicity, celebrity of an individual or a phenomenon. And, and this is what is happening here with uh, the Secretary of State in the state of Maine. She is getting her 15 minutes of fame. Ellie Honig is a, uh, a, a, a lawyer and is a person who shows up a lot on CNN. He's, a, by all accounts, I would guess, he's probably a progressive liberal. I don't care about his politics. But I do think his analysis in cut number two is awfully important, especially relative to the decision in Maine. Were the processes, were these hearings fair? Did they comport with due process? And I think there's a question there with regard to what Maine did. Because if you look at the hearing, and she details this in the, in the ruling, they heard from one fact witness, a law professor. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar in normal court. She's not a lawyer, by the way. It's a smartly written decision, clearly consulted with lawyers, but this is an unelected. She's chosen by the state legislature. She's elected by the chosen state legislature. By, uh, chosen elected by the legislature, but not democratically elected, not a knock. That's just the way it's set up in Maine. And... This hearing, look, it doesn't have to be a criminal trial. We don't have to have all the protections. But I think the argument you'll hear from opponents is, one, not up to the states to do this. This is why we have all different decisions from all different states. And two, the procedures were not up to snuff. 15 minutes of fame. In the future, everybody will get their 15 minutes of fame. And she is getting her 15 minutes of fame. I want to close with this. And it's an ironic bit of audio. It is from 2020, Miss. uh, uh, uh Shellen uh, is sitting there and talking about the importance of protecting the right to vote so that folks won't be disenfranchised. Cut number three. But that type of activity, so make no mistake, what we saw nationwide around the country in 2020 that created anxiety about whether the will of the voters would be heard uh, 
is those forces that would undermine our elections and the integrity of our elections and democracy are still very much at work nationwide. Especially the people who are trying to knock people off the ballot without any process. Have any of you ever run down a dream? I'm just curious. 704-570-1110, News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Let's jump out and talk to Chris, who has been holding on. Chris, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, man, I'm running down a dream. I'm talking to one of the best talk show hosts in the United States of America, my brother. How's it going? Thank you. You're very kind. Wow. No, 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 no. Man, I I can't believe you're on today, but I know you must have came back for this reason. Mm -hmm. This lady in, what's her name? In Maine? Shellen, 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 I want to say Shellen Burger, but it's not Shellen Burger. Shenabella, They could work at a daycare. No, no, we're not. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to let you have your say, but we cannot make fun of appearances. That's that's not we okay. we we are we are elevators. We elevate. We 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 we. Okay, but go ahead. Make your point. <laughs> well, anyway, point I'm getting at is I saw this today, and I'm thinking to myself: is the the this is what gets me, Brett? And I'll be sure. Go ahead. It's all good. Whatever we say about the election of 2020. Personally, I voted for Trump. I'm a mm-hmm. Republican. Mm-hmm. There was shenanigans going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. there's there's proof out there. There there was shenanigans going on. But I work with people that did not vote for Trump, and they aren't. They're they're they're, they're on the. They're not Democrats. They're right. not Republicans. That mm-hmm. they're that middle base. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing this, and they're going, "Whoa, wait a minute." This man has not been charged. Mm-hmm. He's not been convicted in court. All this stuff is still going on, and arbitrarily, this lady yep. could just say, hey, you're not going to be on our ballot. <sighs> you know, Wait you know, the Supreme Court gets a hold of that. Well, here now here's what's interesting. I, I have been talking to a, law, a big swath of people over the last, uh, I would say, uh, three, four months, okay? The people that are most agitated about the shenanigans, pound for pound, tend to be female voters who have told me repeatedly, and I'm different people, like these are all different, women have come up to me or have talked to me on the air or have sent me notes, and they say, you know, I wasn't really thinking about Trump, but because of what they're doing, now I'm throwing in with Trump because I want to make a point of not letting these people get away with it. Like, it's if you ignored Trump, if, if, some, if people ignored all things Trump, never talked about Trump, uh, didn't pay any attention to Trump, it would be a different picture, but it's like they bring the kook car into the middle of the circus and all these wacky people come out of the car and then people are forced to then reckon with this and be like, oh, okay, so you, you're you going to hit him with 190,000 years in jail? Well, now I'm going to vote for the guy because I think you're going out of your mind. And that's that's really, I, I hear that from so many women who have called my show, who have communicated with me. It's a, it's a remarkable thing. Women, way more than men, are, are agitated about this, uh, uh, the way this is uh, unfolding. Have, have, you, have you seen that in your life? 
Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, the two ladies I work with, one voted for Biden, one abstained during that election. But when I was at work today, they were like, can you believe this? I'm like, yeah, I can believe it. But I said, the thing about it, going back to your crazy car analogy, is the more these wacky liberals do this, uh-huh. They're throwing gas on a fire, yep. and you know when you throw gas on a fire, you don't know which way it's going to flare up. Well, that's true, and so, and you and, and and we are put in a very unenviable position. I'm going to tell you what this is. I really am being dead serious. The no, no shtick. I'm not joking around. The voice of reason in that party right now, and I'm going to get hit by lightning for saying this, is actually Gavin. It's Gavin Newsom. Because he's he's the only guy who's come out and said, yeah, listen, <laughs> he's come out and said, we're not bouncing him off our ballot. His, his no, lieutenant. No, I that. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got to give a broken clock some credit there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's right twice a day. Yeah, it sure is. Wow, so, great stuff. I get you, man. It was, it's good to hear you, brother, and uh, congratulations on being one of the best talk show hosts. Oh, I only do United it. United States of America. I only do it for you guys, and and we do it as I a team. I know you do. I'm, 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 we I'm love a, you, and you have a happy new year. Hey, you too, man. Be safe out there. Appreciate it. Call me after the new year. I mean, it's just crazy. Terry, help me out. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Terry. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, too. Joe Biden, give us back our money. I don't have time for your silly noise. You want us to uh, elevate somebody? I elevate Joe Biden as the absolute worst president in the United States uh, history. Uh, Whoa. Including uh, Miller Fillmore Whoa. and uh, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Wow! 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 Even even worse than even worse than Andrew Johnson back in the day. Holy cow! That's a that's Andrew a big Johnson. Andrew Johnson. Uh, he didn't have a chance. <laughs> he, he was he showed up to the inaugural hammered. I mean, that's the problem right there. Um, yeah, he, he, he didn't have a chance because he had the radical Republicans uh, mm-hmm. against him, and uh, that was right after Lincoln was assassinated. That's right. That's I do right. know my history. <laughs> yes, you, yes, you do. Now, what's the temperature? And I don't mean temperature of the t- outside on the climate, but what, what what are you feeling and hearing from the great people uh, around your community? Are, are are, the, are people ready to rock and roll and, and get out there to the polls? Around Monroe, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they are. I, I and, figured uh, they would. I but figured that. Unfortunately, uh, Brett, I'm not as popular as you and uh, echoing your last caller. Uh, you are a disciple of Rush Limbaugh, so I say no more. I appreciate that, man. You're very kind. You're very, you're very kind. And you, by the way, have the the greatest sheriff. In all the land over there in Monroe, my friend, absolutely. Yeah, he is good. He, he is good. Church, that he is good. good so, solid man, solid man. Hey, enjoy the new year, and uh, call me next week, buddy. I appreciate you being out there, Terry. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
You don't want to have the aftertaste. That's all I'm telling you, folks. Uh, you don't have to worry about that coming up in 2024. There will be no aftertaste. Because you know what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. We're going to vote, and the results are going to be known, and we're going to know. And we're going to know what's happening. And somebody just reached out to me and said, uh, what makes you so confident that this is all going to work out? You want to know what makes me confident about this? And I'm willing, I'll take all comers here, okay? If you want to disagree with me, that's totally cool. I, I, I love having conversations, even with people who disagree with me. The, the, only, the only tripwire I will ever invoke um, with people who, like, are, are disagreeing is if, like, you're calling and you're screaming at me. I'm not going to scream at you. Don't scream at me. And if, and if, it, if it starts to turn, like, personal and nasty, I mean, that's, it, we're, we're, we're all in this big blue marble together here, okay? Uh, but, but somebody said, well, what, what gives you this confidence? What gives you this confidence that you believe things are going to work out? Honestly, 100%, really, it's just faith. It's just faith. Think of how little we are in control of it, 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 on a daily basis, right? You get in your car. You just assume you're going to get to your job. You assume you're going to be able to do all your work. You assume everything's going to work together. And if you were as fearful uh, about, like, random stuff you do on a daily basis as, as you might be about an election— that's 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 tough. That's a rough way to go. You have to, you know, pr- pray over your decisions or if you're agnostic or you're an atheist. I mean, you, you think think about whatever it is you want to think about. But the fact of the matter is, I have faith. I have faith in uh, the great people in this country. And I think a lot of people took shelter under the, the Biden brand um, in 2020 because they felt like, Okay, let's just put him in because he's going to do whatever. And, and let's be honest, the sales pitch you got from the Biden team and what was delivered by the Biden team, radically different things, radically different things. So if you voted for Biden in 2020 and, 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 and you feel like he didn't deliver the goods for you, there is no shame in that. There is no shit. Every one of us has gone out with somebody, dated somebody, maybe somebody married somebody where you trusted. You trusted what you were being offered. And it turned out it wasn't true. It didn't happen. I I can't believe for a minute that the current president of the United States, who's now sitting on a beach in St. Croix, in his 400 and 16th, no, 17th day of vacation in one term, I I cannot believe that anybody who heard him say he was going to open the border wide open, that you would have voted for him. And you wouldn't have voted for him because you would have said, hold on, you're going to open the border and you're going to bring in 7 million people that we don't know in a dangerous world? I, 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 don't think, I don't think people of goodwill wanted that to be the case. I don't think people of goodwill want the streets to be unsafe. I, I don't believe that's the case at all. And, and the shame of what we're seeing taking place in big cities in this country is the fact that you, you have people who are most vulnerable being victimized on a daily basis, drive-by shootings, robberies, homicides, assaults, rapes, you name it. The average person understands that bad people need to be incarcerated for crimes that they have committed, not 
bad people need to be incarcerated because we don't like their politics. Kind of see where I'm going here, folks? See, there, there, there is a process that happens when you're accused of a crime. They accuse you of a crime. They, they indict you. They arrest you, they put you on trial, and a jury of your peers or a judge, depending on which way the, uh, the, the trial is going to go, makes the decision as to whether or not you're guilty as charged. And then you face the music. Many times, people stand in front of a judge, nowadays especially, knowing full well, the judge knows full well that this person has committed some heinous series of crimes and still lets them go. Where is the justice in the serial rapist or the serial uh, abuser or the serial offender? Um, where, where is the justice in letting them get back out and, 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 and hurt more people? Innocent people, children, women, men, the elderly. Where, where is that social justice? Social justice is extending a hand to the downtrodden, extending a hand to the people who are vulnerable. Well, if you go to any community that doesn't have a competent police force or has an underfunded police force or something like that, you're making the least among us the most vulnerable. And they have no constituency. Who, who, who lobbies in a particular community for the elderly who have to walk to the bus to go to the medical appointment, to go to, the, to, go to, to go to shop for their groceries, and they run the risk of being assaulted or robbed. What is the constituency that, that advocates for those people? Typically, those people are advocated for by law enforcement, right? They, they, they make the patrols. They go around. They make sure uh, these people are safe. There, there, is no, there is no lobbying organization, there isn't. There's none. There's zero. There's plenty of lobbying organiz- organization and power for the people who are coming across the border in an undocumented fashion. There are plenty of organizations who will pay for people to come into the country, not knowing a single thing about any of them, what their backgrounds are, what their intentions are, all that sort of stuff. I believe, and I have believed for a very long time, it's important for us to put Americans at the front of the line, the people who, who follow the rules, who pay the taxes, who, who have, who have um, been decent human beings just trying to live their lives in peace, tranquility, and calm. That should be a priority. And so many aspects of our chaotic world, our fallen world, are, are, are working to try to undermine the basic standard of living that the American people expect. And it's being done at the hands of the politicians who come around every two, four, or six years, depending on the office they're running for, and tell them that they're going to fight for you. Call me. Call me. Have you had a politician fight for you in the last six months? Twelve months? 36 months, 72 months, which politician has fought for you? And how did it work out? (laughs) 
News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Winterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Good to be with you. All right, I want to jump out. Let's talk to Jeff. He's been patiently holding on. Jeff, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, they must be uh, fighting for me because I always get the bill for the war. Have you <laughs> noticed that? <laughs> that's really good. That that that's yeah. top notch right there, Jeff. Because they are okay. fighting for you. They're fighting for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, right now Tom Tillis is an example of the fighting for us. I think he's introduced legislation to prohibit states from uh, deleting a candidate from a ballot. Is, am I correct in that? Uh, I got I got to double check that. I hadn't seen that come across the transom. Uh, it would be probably not likely today because they are out of session uh, yeah, until well, the end of the holiday. So that it hmm. was either newscast. I heard it heard it on BT. So I mean, you know, I can believe it, right? It, it, well, he may be. He may have introduced. He may have introduced it. You know, I mean, he may have yeah. written it okay. and introduced it. You have to get to the business on that thing. There, there you go. Well, that uh, that to me is just a springboard for the left to. Is beat the drum to federalize our elections. Well, you know, yes. Elections are, are states, and while I, I didn't like the uh, the court decisions as far as uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania with their shenanigans back in 2020, mm-hmm. I believe they ruled right because it was a state issue. Well, that's true. Yeah, you're, that's, that's, so, that's an accurate, that's a fair point that you're raising because this is, uh, this is 50 states plus whatever territories are involved, right? And, and the 50 states yeah. make those decisions. However, yeah. however, this idea of like pulling the insurrection thing in, in Maine or in, or in Colorado, we, I, I said this and it's important to remember this. Nobody actually declared an insurrection. Like, people said it looks like an insurrection, it seems like an insurrection, but there's no official designation of January 6th being an insurrection. That's a problem. Well, that's, that's, that's true, but neither has he been convicted in a court of law of insurrection. Now, I personally would not want to be tried uh, for, say, like murder, uh, mm-hmm. when the district attorney says, well, he's guilty. Yo, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, that's well, and that's the problem. No trial, none of that. And there again, that is another, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I guess shoehorn that the left would like to use to just, you know, hey, just declare him guilty. Anybody what? guilty that they didn't like. You, look, you're obviously somebody who follows the news. You're obviously somebody who follows a lot of the issues that are out there. Do you have a prediction for what's going to happen in 2024? It may not be about the presidential election, but would, do you anticipate something happening in 2024 that uh, that th- that you kind of have your your eye on? Uh, well, uh, we have had, what, 750,000 illegal immigrants stream across the border in New York. They want to let them vote in uh, yep. the city elections, which I heard. Uh, yeah, I, I don't look for the Republicans to win. Uh, mm. because, and what I base that on is, in 2016, Trump caught the Democrats by surprise by winning uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. They had four years to prepare, and so they filed their lawsuits, you know, close to the election uh, as far as uh, how long you could count ballots after the day, absentee ballots and all that stuff. Right. And they figured, well, you know, if, even if it goes against us, it, it won't happen before the election. 
if you had four years to prepare for it, they've got another four years to come up with more stuff. And if you if you notice, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you notice, most of the time, whenever the ballots start stop counting or they suddenly appear, like ninety thousand did in Durham County uh, back in 2016, to give Cooper the the governorship, it's all in Democrat precincts, is it not? Primarily, a lot of times, yes, that is the case. You, you are right. And we look, and we can go back. We can go back as far as two thousand, and and uh, Mel Carnahan dying, and they just designated his wife to be the uh, to be to be the next senator uh, in the state of Missouri. And they kept remember they kept the polling places open until like three forty-five in the morning in Missouri. I mean, in in, in yeah. St. Louis. I mean, so they, they they do they do have a structural advantage, especially in the uh, the, the high turnout. Area areas you know well they also have uh a compliant uh say 40 percent of the population 45 percent of the population uh you know john donald trump said he could shoot somebody on fifth avenue and wouldn't be prosecuted he may prove to be wrong on that but joe biden truly could do that and you would not find a any kind of lawyer or a district attorney or whatever in New York that would even bring it to trial. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's just the way the system is. That's a, that's a fair point. I, I, I appreciate you uh, calling in on the program, and you've laid out a lot of stuff that we can certainly consider as predictions. Thank you very much, Jeff. It was great to talk to you uh, today, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful, uh, happy new year. Now, one of the things that also happened in the last 24 hours, and I... I in all sincerity here, folks, I'm, I'm really, I'm not trying to stir the pot. What was that answer that Nikki Haley gave about the Civil War and the cause of the Civil War and what the Civil War was about? That was weird. Like, that was substantially weird. I don't know what that was. How do you... Look at what happened in the Civil War and not have it as, as a Republican where your highest ideal, if, if it's 1861, is that you want the abolition of slavery. How is that not front and center if you're a Republican politician who is clearly well-read, clearly well-aware, having been the governor of South Carolina? How, how, does, how do you get to... The answer she gave, and then she went out. I'm going to play this clip for you, not not now, but when we come back in the next hour. She did an interview with a um, with, with like a morning show in in New Hampshire, and she tries to explain it, and she's blaming the guy for the crazy question. She's like, "Well, the, he asked me a dumb question. It was a question that was uh, loaded. It was a lo- don't you expect to get a loaded question when you're out on the campaign trail? Like, don't you?" I would if you're out there retail politicking, shaking hands, kissing babies, uh, uh, collecting checks for your campaign. I would expect you got to be ready for all comers. I mean, I, I do a talk show four hours a day, five days a week, and, I, and I'm pretty much like used to people asking me questions. And you got to be prepared based on what they're talking about. And if you don't get clarity from them, you got to ask them for clarity so that you can go. Do, I, to me, that was a really weird deal. Very, very, very strange. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have a uh, another great hour straight ahead. I can guarantee you that. I am Brett Witterbull. You're listening to the Brett Witterbull Show right here on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And it is the Brett Witterbull Show, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Good to be with you today. Our telephone number, 704-570-1110. It is, uh, it's, it's, a cool, uh, it's a cool part of the year because, and again, I am going to say this, it's the 29th. It's not the 31st yet. It's the 29th. And you know what you can do? You can still accomplish your most important thing, your New Year's resolution from 2023. I know people don't believe me. It, it's not a one and done. I know. I never understood why the why the resolution is a one and done. You actually get 365 chances. 366 if you get an, a leap year. You get 365 chances to to meet your goal. Do you even remember what? Like I'm just curious. Like, do you even remember what your resolution was last year? Most people don't. I, I kind of, I, I did mine and then I slipped and then I got better and now I'm here and you know what I'm saying. This is like how it's gone. I did, you know how it's going to go. But you just got to keep at it. This is insane. Secretary of State Blinken's assessment of 2023 does not line up with reality. Is <laughs> a post over on Twitchy. Um, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has released an assessment of what his administration has helped uh, him accomplish in 2023, and it's a doozy. Okay, here goes. This is Tony Blinken. You help me out here, okay? As I reflect on the miles traveled, countries visited, and intense diplomacy over the past year, I'm proud of our work to build stronger partnerships and strengthen global peace and security. Stacy on Twitter says, Are you drunk, sir? War broke out in Ukraine and Israel. Venezuela is about to invade Guyana. China is mulling Taiwan. Our soldiers are routinely being fired on by pirates. And you can't get AMLO to turn off the migration spigot. This is just insane. You know, she's got a point. Since Biden took office, wars and invasions have happened. And the U.S. southern border is being overrun with all the blessings of the administration. If that's Blinken's definition of Biden bringing peace and security, count us out. Ted Cruz says, I'm not sure the world can stand any more of this Biden peace. Uh, who, who does that? Who, who does that? Really? Two brutal wars busted out. Plus, can we throw in the surrender in Afghanistan? It, wh- who thinks this is a successful foreign policy? 
it doesn't it i mean it just it doesn't make any sense H- how does how does this happen well it's because everything is fluid right you know like there's gender fluidity right people think that they're this or they're that or the other thing okay great now that's the same thing for foreign policy if you believe the foreign policy is successful then this foreign policy is successful but what are you successfully doing like what is the success meter for this how do we figure out if the success is real or or is just fake and phony like for example i am consistently shocked by the way this administration treats people in the military. Okay, remember a couple weeks back, probably about a month and a half ago, when I was telling you about all the letters that were getting sent out by the Pentagon to the people that Joe Biden fired and threw out of the military because he wouldn't take the Fauci jab? You guys remember that? And, and they said, hey, we're totally okay to let you guys think about maybe coming back into the military because, you know, well, you know what? What, what? what do we know? We're willing to forgive you for being a dishonorable person by not getting the shot. And we're willing to maybe let you get back in the military. Do you guys remember? You remember that, right? It was a big story. Well, this to me, this to me says everything I need to know about the United States Army under this administration, under Lloyd Austin and Tony Blinken et al. U.S. Army ends free storage of vehicles and belongings for deployed soldiers. Deployed U.S. Army soldiers will no longer be able to store their belongings free of charge while they are away from home, the Army Sustainment Command announced on Wednesday. A spokesman for the command, which is the primary provider of logistics to Army units, told Military.com that it was discontinuing the use of funds to store soldiers' vehicles and other goods while they were away for prolonged periods of time. It was not specified whether the announcement applies to all deployment types or just to soldiers on temporary duty. The storage policy ended in October, but the order was not widely distributed to soldiers of the press, the outlet reported. We understand the burden this could potentially place on soldiers, and HQDAG1, the Office of the Deputy Chief of Staff for Personnel, Department of the Army, is drafting policy that would enable such storage, service spokesman Sergeant Pablo Saiz said. The new policy was only mentioned after Military.com first reached out to the Army about the issue in early December, the outlet noted. It's unclear when or in what manner the future policy will take form. An internal memo from Colonel Heather Carlisle, Director for Support Operations at the Army Sustainment Command, said that the Army is not required to provide for storage for its soldiers. These are guys and gals who are serving the country, and so let's make it harder on them. 
Following the discontinuation of the storage program, members of the Army have been authorized to store their vehicles in motor pools, which are typically used to house tactical vehicles and frequently are uncovered or not climate-controlled, according to the outlet. Why, why? Every chance, every turn, right? Biden and, Biden and the Biden babies are all protected. They're all protected. He goes on vacation. He goes laying in the sand somewhere, falling off a bike somewhere. Hunter's doing what he Hunter's doing. Uh, Jill is doing what Jill is doing. And, 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 and yet you just keep sticking it to the guys and gals that are defending the United States of America. It's like they go out of their way to stick it to them. Doesn't he remember that Bo was in the military? Does he forget? But look at all the stuff we're giving to the migrants coming into the country. All the free stuff, but you can't help the military people. Because, you know, they're, 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 they're that. They're them people, if you know what I'm saying. Not quite as special as our recent visitors. It's disgraceful. Sorry, not sorry. All right, check it out. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I am uh, soliciting uh, your uh, uh, predictions for the 2024 upcoming year, but I am also now soliciting what you believe to be the biggest stories from across this past year. Now, think about all the stuff that happened during this year. And I'm going to tell you what I think was arguably one of the biggest stories uh, of the year, and that is the complete and total destruction of Sam Bankman-Fried and, and, and that whole racket that he had put together uh, to, to, to fund the Democratic Party. I mean, it is nutso. And when you think about this, this guy was riding high in the saddle. He was like the number one funder guy. No, not thunder guy. Funder guy. F-U-N-D-E-R. He was the number one funder guy for a lot of the Democratic parties. And they took him out. Because he was crooked. That was a ginormous story. I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Hunter Biden, with that janky press availability he did and then did not decide to go and testify uh, in front of the Congress. He wanted to just give a speech, and then he split. And the White House, thinking they were being cute, decided that they were going to say, yeah, he, he confirmed with, uh, with President Biden that he was going to go ahead and make that statement and then not testify. You understand what that did? That put, that put Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, into the jackpot because um, it means that he encouraged his son to evade a subpoena from the Congress. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's out there that's happening. Uh, I would argue uh, the most shocking international story that became a national story in the United States, obviously October the 7th, uh, unbelievable, disgraceful, 
reactions here on our campuses uh, in the United States of America. Claudine Gay and the folks that are over at, at Columbia and, and, and Berkeley and Stanford and, of course, uh, the University of Pennsylvania unmasked for the anti-Semites that they are by and large. Uh, but that, that attack on October the 7th what was a brutal um, uh, uh, atrocity that people will look back on over a number of years and still try to make sense of this. I, I was doing an interview earlier this morning with a, a reporter out of Israel named uh, Caroline Glick. I was doing uh, a little bit of coverage over at Breitbart this morning. And uh, to talk to her about this and to talk about the pain that is still being felt there on the ground as a result of the mass rapes and, 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 and the immolation of bodies, that's the burning of bodies and the attacks on infants and elderly people, um, th- th- this is, this is a, a, a genuine crisis. And it's not lost on me that while Biden fiddles down on the beach in, in St. Croix, um, the the world is is in a very restive state right now is in a very difficult uh state right now and, and people are genuinely worried and people are genuinely scared that the, the 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 leadership of the United States is not what it what it once was and and the leadership of the United States is in question have you got that uh that clip uh Tommy from uh Wesley Clark uh, it's like cut number six. Or it's cut number four, I think. Okay. Wesley Clark was doing some uh, coverage a couple of days ago uh, over on one of your favorite channels, the CNN. And he was talking about the direction of the security picture uh, in the Middle East. And it's not a good picture. It's not a good picture by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, let her rip, Tommy. It's a real conundrum. Because normally an attack like this, a battle like this, you you wage it by, uh, you think you can go tit for tat? No, you don't want to do that more than once or twice. So you want to get dominance. You, you've got the dominant air power. You know they can't resist that. But what is the decisive effect that the air power will bring when you strike on the ground in Yemen? I think that's the dilemma that the administration faces on this particular issue. Do you know the launch sites? Do you know the command and control? What are the regional consequences, repercussions? Do you want to instead go against Iran, maybe take out that Iranian intelligence gathering ship that's targeting the Houthis? And if so, then what's the consequence of that? Uh, it, it's, a really, it's a really difficult conundrum. And uh, one thing's clear is it's not stable. So if we continue just to try to defend and we don't go at the source of the attacks, either tactical or strategic, then we can expect those attacks to continue and to intensify. And eventually they will get through the protective shield of the the aircraft and and the destroyers that are on the ground. They will target a ship and cause real damage. It's inevitable. I take no joy in uh, uh, on a partisan front. Uh, by saying that we're in a really dangerous position, but we are. And there's a reason for this. The reason we are in a dangerous position is because of the policy that's been articulated by our Pentagon, but most specifically the commander-in-chief who is now laying on a beach down in uh, St. Croix. And I'm going to break this down for you when we come back because um, we, we care far too much about the image of the United States in the world today rather than keeping people safe. 
in the United States of America and with our allies. That's a huge problem. And I think people are starting to understand that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Brett Winterville Show. Good to be with you. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm uh, looking at uh, this this crazy world that, that we are living in right now. And the, the reality is... We have somebody in, in the office of the presidency of the United States who believes, and, and I sincerely don't understand where this comes from, that we can somehow negotiate a settlement with the Iranians and Hamas and the Houthis and Yemen and these, these, these reprobate organizations. And... The reality is we are told that they want to kill us. We are told that on a, on a like a daily basis. Death to America, death to Israel, the great Satan, the little Satan, all this kind of stuff. And we have, hey, here's, here's $6 billion. Here's pallets of cash. Here's $10 billion. Here's this. Here's that. To what end? Like, do you get... Do you get any indication that we should be in a negotiation with the with the Iranians? Because to me, it doesn't seem like they want to they want to be in a negotiation. I think they want to be they don't want a negotiation. They want a proliferation. They want to have a nuke and they want to use that nuke because it's kind of their worldview. I, I, I mean, you don't see the Saudis and the Saudis. Look, the Saudis, bad dudes. Right? Saudis are bad dudes. Uh, you had people in the Saudi government who were complicit in the attack on 9-11. Absolutely 100%. But the Saudis don't give speeches saying, hey, we're going to get a nuke and we're going we're gonna to nuke Israel and the United States. Like the Saudis don't do that. Why, why don't the Saudis do that? Pakistan's got nukes. You don't hear the Pakistanis say, hey, we're going to... We're going to take our nukes and we're going to nuke Israel and we're going to nuke the United States of America. I mean, they have nukes. India has nukes. You don't hear India saying, hey, we're going to nuke Israel and we want to we want to nuke the United States of America. Like there are countries around the world that have nuclear weapons that are not in the business of wanting to nuke the United States or Israel. What is the what is the holdout on the the mullahs in Tehran? What is it? Where does it come from? And why do we have a president who believes he can consistently... I mean, if, if he really believes we can cut a deal, Barack Obama should hop on John Kerry's plane, fly to Tehran, and meet face-to-face with Raisi there in Tehran and, and, and say, okay, uh, uh, Raisi, uh, I'm going to cut a deal. I'm going to cut a deal for the United States. Let's, let's, let's cut a deal. I have not seen him invited by Raisi to come and meet with Raisi, even though he sent them pallets full of cash in the in the closing days of the Obama-Biden administration. Why do they pursue this country? Like, why? Well, Brett, Trump pursued North Korea, and look what happened. What happened? Did they nuke us? Did they say they're going to nuke us? Now, what? North Korea is in league with the Iranian regime. I mean, that's a, that much is a fact. That's not even debatable. Not even debatable. They developed 
they develop a lot of the proliferation for for Iran. And I think Iran accounts for like 30% of the entire budget of North Korea, which is like crazy time. 704-570-1110, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let's talk to uh, my man, Jim. Jim, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. Uh, yeah, I was just uh, wanted to put my prediction out there and, and also... Please. I think I want to try to explain what Nikki Haley was trying to say or wishes she would have said at this point. So which one do you want to hear first? Okay, give me your prediction, and then we can get into, into the Haley conversation. Okay, so this dovetails into what uh, I was talking about yesterday when I oh, no. out of the Oh, no. But oh, here it is. Oh, but no. I want to put this into the pool. Oh, Remember no. you and Matt had a, a bet? Yes, yes. Remember? Yes, the bet you guys are you had. I don't remember what the bet was. It was a it was a really crazy night that night, and you know things were said. Okay, but, but go ahead. Okay, well, this is the prediction. Yes, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey and Lisa Swift will break up. She'll write a bunch of songs that are blatantly about him, but they'll be veiled enough that uh, uh, that it, he won't be sure. But it'll sell billions and trillions of dollars worth of. Uh, sales, uh, album sales, and um, he'll want to get proceeds because it's obviously it's about him. It'll be songs that are written like, you walked into the locker room like you were walking into a yacht, stuff like no, that. No, you no, know? you do not, go, do not do your so vain. She's, he's gonna, she's gonna lift your so vain? What? What? Yeah, basically something like that. Okay, let's talk about Nikki Haley. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. You okay? Yeah, let's talk about Nikki Haley. Go ahead. I understand women who have power and money. Whoa! There you go. Right on the money, there, Tommy. Good job. All right. So Nikki Haley wishes she would have said this at this point. Obviously. The issues and circumstances that led to the Civil War were very complicated. But by 1860, it was obviously the ideal of slavery, of abolishing slavery, uh, had to be addressed first and foremost. There were other issues on the table in both the 1850 Congress and the 1860 Congress. The 1850 Congress with the Crittenden Compromise, had uh, other minor issues. If you consider 75% of the money in circulation in the United States being counterfeit a minor issue because of the proliferation of the slave trade, uh, they had to deal with it. There was no way to get around it. The inhumane and cruel treatment of the slaves being imported by ship uh, was one of the uh, biggest threats. The, uh, uh, the film uh, Amistad spells that out. There was 2.2 million slaves in the United States in 1850, 4.4 million in 1860. There was no way that it was going to be a back burner issue. That's what she should have said. Okay, but hold on. Here's what she said when she was talking to the guy from New Hampshire. This is cut number seven, and, and this is how she tries to clean it up, and she does a really bad job of trying to clean it up even the day later. Go ahead. Did you know last night when you were being asked by this one individual that it was a let you're saying a, you're saying a democrat plant or did you think it was just a typical new hampshire voter 
No, it was definitely a Democrat plant. That's why I said, what does it mean to you? And if you notice, he didn't answer anything. The same reason he didn't tell the reporters what his name was. The same reason he went and showed the guy that he was with the tweet that went up after he did it. We see these guys when they come in. We know what they're doing. And we know from the second they ask the question. If you look at the last swing I did in New Hampshire, there was one at every single town hall. This is what they do. And I'm trying to turn the questions back on them. In this case, this is, you know, this is what happened. But, yeah, this is what they're doing. And so if you notice, he didn't mention anything about slavery he didn't talk about it because that wasn't the intent that was never his intent but regardless let's you know i want to nip it in the bud yes we know the civil war was about slavery but more than that what's the lesson in all of this Mm -hmm. that freedom matters and that individual rights and liberties matter for all people that's the blessing of america that was a stain on america when we had slavery but what we want is never relive it never let anyone take those freedoms away again You know, see, to me, it feels like this guy was trying to crash her and he crashed her and you can be mad about it and you can be mad about it. But he crashed her. He he intercepted the football. He was acting like a handsy defensive back and he he intercepted the ball. And now she's complaining about the game as opposed to what the strategy should have been. And I think it makes it worse. Uh, Day two. I think it makes it worse. She should have called Kaylee McEnany asked her what she should say, and just say that and nothing else. Well, there, I mean, there you go. I, that's a, that's a good take. That's a good take, Jim. I, pre- I appreciate that, man. And and and, and listen, uh, kudos. You did. You that, this is a great. This is two great days in a row. I appreciate it. Wow, I must be sick. Hey, what kind of music? By the way, what is New Year's music? Like, I know what Christmas music is, and I know people are still playing Christmas music because there's 12 days of Christmas, and this goes until January the 6th. I totally understand that. But, like, is there New Year's music? Not that is I there, know of. Is there Thanksgiving music? You know, I, remember, I seem to remember having a conversation about this uh, with one of my friends around Thanksgiving, sort of in the interim between, you know. Right. And um, I feel like we discovered that there are technically some Thanksgiving songs but obviously, they're not nearly as popular. And um, I mean, as as much as I do love Thanksgiving, I don't think I need Thanksgiving music. Like, okay, that's so the kind of thing you play your own music. You know, it's, okay. it's your own family. Right, Thanksgiving music, whatever music you want it to be. So let's okay. So let's dive into this for a quick second because I think there's 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 something we can plow here. Okay, Halloween. That's all about. The kids, they ring the bell, they get the candy, you hand out the candy, everybody understands what the, what the deal is there. Thanksgiving, if you're invited to somebody's house, the presumption is that they're going to make the turkey, they're going to do all the stuffing, and then you're going to bring either like maybe a bottle of wine, a cake, something to add to the feast, right? You're going to bring something to add to the feast. Christmas, Christmas can be a little dicey, right? Because it's like you're invited over, um, you bring some stuff over for that. Now, if you get invited to a thanks uh, to a um, a New Year's Eve party, are you supposed to bring stuff? I feel like it depends on the party, and you kind of know what kind of thing you're getting. Right, right, yeah, right. Of course, um, if it's cash or if it's like a little more formal, or right. So, I mean, are you are you supposed to bring drinks, or are you supposed to bring like? 
egg rolls or you know what I mean? Like See, whatever. I'd say, like, that's, I'd say that's up to uh, whatever the host you know you need. At do you point. ask though? Like do you, do you go? Hey. I certainly would. I'd be like, I want to bring something. I want to you know contribute. What do you need? Because I've got last figs. Need, Can I bring you some figs? Sure, sure. There, yeah. Because the last thing you want is you know eight bags of the same chips and nothing else at the party. <laughs> oh, you well, know? that's yeah. You that's don't want right. eight Lay's originals and uh, you know seven two uh-huh. liters of tab or something. Okay, I, who's drinking two liters of tab? I don't know. Weird people. Very weird people. I don't know for if they sure. Make them honestly. I, I, you know what? Who they probably do somewhere, but. But so okay, so you bring stuff to a to a New Year's Eve party, right? And and so is the expectation that you have to bring beverages? Can you bring like a pie? Could you bring a cake? Could you could you bring? I mean, this is this is see because I feel like there's muddling in the New Year's Eve gathering. Like, it gets a little confused and hazy because it's so adjacent to Christmas. For sure. But I, then by the time you get to Super Bowl Sunday, it's a lot more clarity. Yeah, and I mean, everything's... what At a Super Bowl party, you know, it's just bring bring your junk food, please. Please okay, bring right? your junk food. Right. Okay, good. In Very all good. its forms, bagged, right. Right. prepared in the oven, crock right. pot, whatever. For, I will for, say... Frito-Lay and PBR. Just yeah, bring it in. yeah. Exactly. I will say, growing up, my parents always used to have a big New Year's Eve party. Uh, you know, my friends would come over, their friends would come over, blah, blah, blah. And pretty much everybody brought something. I have no idea, obviously, how much uh, coordination between mm-hmm. them went. But they managed to always kind of mm-hmm. not have too much of one thing, okay. not, not have okay. enough or whatever. And they nice. did also do it enough years in a row that people kind of started to fall into a, okay, this person's, you know, bringing the meatballs. This person's baking yes. the brownies. This, we know what people are bringing. And I do th- seem to think that when in doubt for New Year's Eve, pretty people pretty much just brought wine. Okay, now, is this appropriate? Or is it Because my w- one of my very good friends, Don, is, is has raised an issue that is not an issue during Halloween, really, during Thanksgiving, really. During Christmas, really, pyrotechnics are they appropriate for the New Year's celebration? Like fireworks? Um, I mean, yeah, do your do your thing. Obviously, uh, a lot of places around the world, when the ball drops or whatever their yeah. national equivalent is, um, I seem I feel like the like Eiffel Tower has a ton of fireworks and like the I'm City talking Opera about House like on the block though. I'm talking oh, about gotcha. like See, you know out in front of mm. out in front of Tommy's house or Brett's house or Don's house. You know, like are we are we rolling out the 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 the, the big memes? You know, with the boom and the everything. I that because it is it is midnight. It's midnight. It's midnight in South Carolina, and you know, that means something. <laughs> I mean, we always used to have an actual fire with a fire pit in the backyard, and at the end, we would like burn. You know, people we'd get people's Christmas trees from the whoa from the road or their wreaths or whatever. And <laughs> no, you whoosh, wouldn't. Oh my gosh, it was dangerous. Honestly, that's really crazy. You got to hope for rain then. For Make sure, sure they get snuffed out, and then you got a big mess the next day. Yes, yeah, I mean all it, the needles were mm-hmm. the ashy needles were just all over the place. You know that's interesting because that has a totally different con, con, you know thing you would say like say out in San Francisco. Please. Somebody clean up the ashy needles. <laughs> <laughs> we got another great hour. We got two great hours straight ahead. I'll Brett Winterbull. That's Tommy. News Talk 1110 993 WBD.
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Our telephone number 704-570-1110. Good to be with you and uh, lots of stuff happening out here uh, as you uh, uh, take a look at the, the big stories uh, that are moving um, in, in, you know, varying particular ways. We talked, obviously, about Maine making the move on uh, former President Trump not being on the ballot. You're not going to be allowed on the ballot because the Secretary of State is uh is saying that you don't get to be on the ballot i expect this is this stuff is all going to get kicked into the supreme court and the supreme court's going to have to rule on it and i got to tell you i i don't think the supreme court really wants to walk into this thing and say yeah we can just throw them off the ballot because it sets a really dangerous precedent uh if you can have like you know any any particular reason to throw someone off a ballot and you get that precedent set that's a that's a difficult uh, kind of climb back that you're going to come from, but I mean, I imagine you'll you'll have people who are going to say, "Well, you just you're not allowed to be the president. You're not allowed to run for the presidency. You're not." I, I again, I say this, and it hurts me to say this. It like physically ails me to say this. Um, Gavin Newsom's got it right, and Gavin Newsom is just the worst of the worstests. Gavin Newsom's got it right because Gavin Newsom came out and told his secretary, uh, not his secretary, his lieutenant governor, who was agitating, the lieutenant governor of California was agitating to throw Trump off the ballot. And he said, this is not how we do business in California, man. Well, you, you run, you win, you run, you lose. That's how it goes. We're not going to intervene and prevent somebody from running for office. Now, you know how much, like, again, that that hurts me that hurts me to acknowledge crazy gavin newsom any twosome newsome is on the right side of this i i i just gotta i just gotta tell you it's, it's just one of those things it's just kind of shocking right um here's here's something that i think is also very interesting for a completely uh a different reason so there are a bunch of Americans who don't much like living in the United States of America, and they want to move abroad. They want to they want to leave. They want to get out and go do something else uh, completely different. So they've come out with this list of places that Americans want to leave the United States to go move to. And it goes like this. Plenty of young Americans say they'd live a better life abroad and their wish is to do so is only growing as they get older. 
Some one in four American Gen Zers say they'd move abroad for better social programs like universal health care, making it their main reason for wanting to live overseas. That's according to a survey of 3,000 Americans aged 18 to 26. Not far behind, 19% of Gen Z Americans say having a new cultural experience is their top reason for wanting to leave the country. 18% cite the high cost of living in the U.S., and 17% say they dislike the U.S.'s political environment. I'm actually impressed with that, because it's only 17% of this group that dislike the U.S. political environment. I would have thought for... I would have thought probably closer to 40-45%. A majority, 59%, also say gun violence in the U.S. plays a major role for their desire to live in another country. They don't like the guns. The guns are not good. So, as for where these people would like to go, they they have a, a top 10 countries list where these young adults, young U.S. adults, want to move for a life abroad. Now, we have a lot of people, by the way, who have immigrated to the United States who listen to this program, and I'm always curious to get their perspectives on things, right? We have people that are from Israel. We have people that are from, from uh, Latin America. We have people who uh, are, are from uh, South Africa. We've had people call in who are from Ireland and uh, people who have called in from Boston, which is kind of funny because Boston's like technically really the United States. So here are your top 10 places that these youngsters would like to move. Coming in at number 10, Erin Gobra, Ireland. Ireland is coming in at number 10. Number 9, Germany. Number 8, Italy. Number 7, Switzerland. Number 6, Australia. Number 5, Singapore. Number 4, the Netherlands. Number three, this is a hard one to do for a couple of reasons, Japan. Number two, Canada. Number one, the United Kingdom. Now, hold on. Wait a minute. You know what's not on this list? This is kind of shocking to me. I mean, it really is. In sincerity, it's kind of shocking to me. There's no France. Nobody wants to go to France. Nobody wants to go to France. They want to go to Ireland, Germany, Italy, Switzerland, Australia, Singapore, Netherlands, Japan, Canada, and the UK. No, no France. Wow. I mean, I remember when I was in high school and college, like that was an exotic place to go. You want to go to France. Now, obviously, English-speaking countries top the list. Well, that's no good. Why do you want to go where people speak English? Come on, Brett, it's easier that way. I know, but you're not really going to blend in. English-speaking countries top the list, which will be helpful for the 67% of respondents who say they don't speak another language. Well, get to talking. Italy, Germany, and Japan are among the OECD countries that spend the most on social programs for residents. 
I don't want to move if I have to learn a language, man. I just want the free health care. Okay. Um, they spend the most on social programs for residents relative to gross domestic product. Young Americans also prioritize locations with warm and sunny weather like Singapore and Australia. Anybody know what goes on in, Aust- in, um, in Singapore if you throw garbage on the sidewalk or spit on the sidewalk? Anybody know? I'll just throw that out there. We have a lot of world, world travelers. My understanding is um, that's no bueno. That's not, you don't want to run afoul of the peeps in Singapore. They take things very seriously, like um, proper behaviors. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've loosened it up a little bit, but I'd be surprised. Young Americans are serious about seeking a better life abroad, and they're most likely to say they'd live outside the U.S. indefinitely, 34%. Followed by another 33% who would plan to be away one to three years, and only 12% said they would move abroad for less than a year. Two-thirds said they would even start a family abroad. And a similar share, their desire to leave the U.S. and live abroad is only increasing as they get older. I know people like that. I do. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. I'm going to reach out to John, who is calling in here, because we were just talking about all the places that these folks want to move from the United States to go live around the world. And I, and I said... I said, well, Singapore, you, you got to be, well, I mean, you got to kind of be on on your best behavior when you go to Singapore. At least that's what I believe to be the case. Let's talk to John, who knows a bit about Singapore. John, welcome to the show. Hello, John. Hello, hey, John. this is uh, Steve. Oh, this Steve. No, oh, no, go ahead, Steve. What's My on bad. your mind? Sorry, Steve. What's on your mind, Steve? That's no problem at all. Uh, uh, good afternoon. Yeah, I was over in Singapore for a little while. Uh, chewing chewing gum or even possessing it is like um, $5,000 fine and five years in prison. What? And it's not the club fed prison type. Oh, no. Uh, they, and uh, they've got uh, on the card, uh, entry card, it says warning. Death to drug traffickers under Singapore law. Wow. Told by one of the military guys that was in the airport. He said, yeah, it's a three-day process. We catch them. We try them. We let them have a pill. We shoot them the next day. Oh, so my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So it's not, it's not a, a spitting on the sidewalk. I think that's a $3,000 fine, three years in prison. Um. So it's it's okay. All seriously. Okay, so I came across a a list, and and this seems to be exactly with the spirit of what you're talking about. But I'm going to give you I'm, I'm going to give you some of the other stuff that that I came across. Okay, so gum, right? Gum is only that's a big no no. Annoying someone yeah. with a with a musical instrument is a fine of up to a thousand dollars. Walking walking around naked in your house is illegal. Um. <laughs> Uh, singing, singing. If you're caught singing or uttering songs that have either obscene lyrics or obscene ballads, you can face a punishment of imprisonment for three months or a fine or both. I mean, that's yeah. Whew, you can't connect to another user's Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's also one. Uh, 
while I was there, we were waiting to go through customs, and all of a sudden, these alarm bells go off, and uh, you know the Indonesia, uh, the uh, Singapore military started running towards an elevator, and you know they're carrying looks like Israeli Uzis, and uh, the elevator they opened up the elevator doors and drug this guy out and hauled him off. And, you know, I was pretty close. And I said, well, what the heck happened? He said, oh, he uh, used the bathroom in the elevator. He said, he's going oh. to jail for a long time. Oh, yeah, my. Over oh there. My gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, they got this... moisture sensors in the elevator. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, first of all, if you do that in an elevator, I mean, come on. If you do that in the elevator... You need a whooping. I mean, there's there, there's whooping and there's a whooping. You need a whooping for that. I mean, that's that's uh, just good. probably. Yeah, Brent, pretty much. Enjoy your show. Thanks for taking. Oh, you're awesome, Steve. Steve, thank you so much, man. I appreciate Happy you. Merry Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So, why are people going to go to Singapore? What's that about? Like that? I mean, to me, that's like that's like somebody going to Riyadh. Oh wait, we know somebody who went to Riyadh. We know somebody who went to Riyadh. Tommy, you've produced the guy that went to Riyadh. Breaking Brett Jensen. I think he went to Riyadh. I think he he did. He went to Riyadh. Remember, he he was doing all kinds of touring and stuff over there. But yeah, apparently he's a big deal now. But would you? But would you? But hold on a second. Now, why? I mean, why would you want to go to Singapore? The noodles are supposed to be awesome. Like the food is supposed to be really like off the charts in. In Singapore, I mean, maybe it's just a bunch of well. The people that are attracted to Singapore are attracted to good behavior and sunny, uh, sunny days. It's right there. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think Singapore's got strict rules? Why? Why do you think Singapore has got uh, strict rules? Uh, uh, why do you think that is? Uh, uh, what? What do you? What do you think that might be? To enforce them, they their constitution states that every person has a constitutional right to profess, practice, or propagate religious belief, so long as such activities do not breach any other laws relating to public order, public health, or morality. Now, you look at our constitution or our Declaration of Independence. It's implied that there's morality, right? I mean, it's implied that you uh, that you have to be a moral people to be able to function properly. But they actually, it's explicit about public morality, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, you, you know, it's this the this, the country of Singapore is forty two percent. Buddhist, 15% Muslim, 15% Christian, 8.5% Taoist, 4% Hindu, and then you've got Sikhs, Jewish people, Zoroastrians, Jain communities that make up less than 1% of the population. But when you look at this, 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 this is a place that's a, seri- that's a very serious place. It's not a silly place. There are countries that are pretty silly. I think we could think of a couple of places that are pretty silly uh, about things. Um, but these people are about the business and about, like, the success. Now, to me, what's surprising about this is 
I, I mean, I'm impressed that like a whole bunch of Gen Zers want to go kick it over in in Singapore. I mean, it's 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 pretty hot in the summer, rains a lot. I mean, I just I think that that would be uh, that's kind of a challenge, you know. I mean, that's kind of a how come nobody said Russia? Oh wait, no, we know why. Never mind. Putin is the devil. I mean, he really Putin is just like a just a terrible human being. The Biden administration's naval coalition and the warnings that they are giving to the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea are not working. Biden administration's ballyhooed naval coalition scrapped together for the sole purpose of um, stopping the Houthis. It's not working. The Houthis, the Houthis are doing their thing. Like the Houthis are still doing what they, the Houthis are going to Houth. I mean, that, that's what's happening here. The Houthis are going to do what they want to do, and they're basically functioning like pirates. My gosh, has this finally struck all of you people? Has this finally struck you, in all seriousness? It's, 19, it's, it's, it's 2014 all over again. AQAP is coming back. ISIS is coming back. The Iranians are giving us trouble. The Houthis, these pirates are giving us trouble. What happened? Oh, oh, that's not nice. Somebody, that's not a nice text. I, I don't know if this person really meant this. You know what they just texted me? About this being 2014 all over again? Oh, I'm not comfortable. They said, Biden's happens. I don't know what that means. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's the Brett Winterbull Show. So I, I told you all uh, earlier this week that I, I, I was away last week. I went and I, I traveled with my wife uh, and, and my kids, who are, my kids are older, uh, teen, well, they're not older teens, they're, they're college students. And so we wanted to take them over to Italy. So we, we, we planned and we scrimped and we scraped and we did all the stuff and we took them over to Italy. And one of the things that struck me that was kind of interesting because we're talking about these young people going and living across around the world. And, um, you know, a lot of times, like you'll talk to these younger people, these college age, maybe a little bit after college, and they'll tell you, well, I'm going to go over to XYZ country. I'm going to teach English. I'm going to teach English over there. So there was this, um, there was this English, uh, teaching school, that was adjacent to where our hotel was. It was across a part, across a, uh, a square. And as I was walking over there, I, I noted what the name of the school was. And it's funny because of the way, um, the way that American culture translates into different European countries or countries around the world. And 
like, for example, when I lived on the border with Mexico, if you went across the border into Juarez to get like optical care or if you got dental work, because people would go across the border because it was cheaper for, for optical care and for dental work. People from America would go over there and get it cheaper. And almost every place you would go by, it would be um, New York Optimal, uh, N- New York Optical or New York Dentista. I mean, there's, there's like dozens and dozens of New York Dentista, New York Dentist, New York whatever. So this particular language school it was obviously a place where italians could go and learn english they were being taught by either american expats or people who were fluent in both languages and the school was called wall street english and i was like that's that's actually kind of a cool name for a company wall street english right and i'm thinking so is that for the financial sector? It was sort of in a financial area. And I got to talking to somebody and they said, well, yeah, it's, it's, it is for people who have to interface with Americans in the, um, in the exchanges. Um, but we also teach just regular people who want to learn English, but it was called wall street English. And I was thinking to myself, you could really scare like native Italians because you could start yelling like they do on the Wall Street, on the floor of the Wall Street exchanges. You know, hey, yo, speak English. What do you know? You know, like going all that. It was just really, uh, it was one of those really, really trippy things. And it's funny how like all these different affinities exist around the, around the world where people will take up, you know, it's a phrase from England. It's a phrase from America. It's a phrase from Italy. It's a, and it becomes like sort of a branding opportunity. But yes, uh, uh, New York Optical and New York Dentista. I, I never got my teeth fixed at New York Dentista, but I was curious about it because I was a kid. Mark, welcome to the program, Mark. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, hello. H- hello, Brett. Hello. Uh, Happy New Year. I hope you have an uneventful weekend. Thank you, and to uh, you as well. Yes. I wanted to um, mention uh, Switzerland because yes, they get the word militia in our Second Amendment very well. Um, mm-hmm. There are very few restrictions on on um, what kind of firearm you could buy, and this is what I've heard secondhand and in forums uh, or other bulletin boards. And concealed carry, um, concealed weapons permits are it, it's a well, it's technically a shall issue state. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. Mm-hmm. That does imply that there is a public morality that you are well behaved. Sure, because, the, because law enforcement there, they don't. It seems that the law enforcement has very little zero tolerance for um, entitled entitled people. So, um, and you I know what's what it? anyone else would say about that? And it's also people can speak. Yes, it is a center of international business for uh, sure. Absolutely. And, um, uh, the ability to lock an entire country down, the Swiss have it too. Yeah, you know. You know what's interesting? You 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 raising this issue, right? Because I mean, basically, Switzerland was like created, like what, like in the thirteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth century, something like that. Okay. And and it's it's not a country that you could easily conquer if you wanted. To. That that you're talking about something. I think that would probably be fairly close to impossible to conquer. Switzerland, just given the terrain, given yeah. given all of that stuff. And what I always thought was so fascinating was Switzerland 
they they measure their territories inside and they call them cantons which i think is is always super uh, super interesting and they're the people by the way the swiss are the people that provide the guards at the vatican they, right. they, they they're the swiss guards and that's because they were the original professional mercenaries who were able to to be a professional force and to and to pull that off but uh, I, I i've never been to switzerland i would i think it would be awesome to go there but you know what you have to do if you go to switzerland bring a giant bag of money because that's that right. place that ain't cheap that place is expensive because the currency is stable that's, that's right See, that's exactly right, and that's what's so interesting. Because when you when you travel, like you realize when you go out of the country, that your dollar only goes so far for certain things. Like here, you right. just go, you go. Oh, I'm going to buy a, uh, I'm going to buy a, a sandwich. Uh, what's the sandwich going to cost me over at Subway? Uh, five bucks, right? Six bucks, whatever it is. But then when you go overseas, did you start to realize? Oh man, I have to budget. And I have got to be smart about my money. And I think a lot of these young young people, they don't take into account that sort of stuff because you're now, you're you're now kind of trading on the uh, what exchange are you going at here, and where are you going? And euros euros are heavy, man. They're they're not cheap. And so that's well, that's yeah. It. We have this. The, there still has the Swiss franc. And, yes. Um, I don't know whether they take the euro or not. I haven't checked it. I imagine. I imagine you can probably trade. I mean, you can trade in in, in any denomination. I'm right, sure right. you can. You can do that. Yeah, you could just trade it off. But hey, great stuff! I appreciate you calling, Mark, and I, I wish you a wonderful, happy New Year, my friend. All right, thank you. I already got some things. Uh, hey, I already took the 365 day challenge, uh, getting some things done, and uh, nice, nice. So I'm glad you did time. it. Hey, I, I, me, me as well. Me as well. You call back anytime. Yeah, you know what? That's it. I, again, be optimistic because you can, you can, you can continue to try to succeed with your resolutions, and you can make up new resolutions. Like I had a roommate who told me his resolution for New Year's was no resolutions that year. Okay, he said, okay, this year I'm not doing any resolutions, and like. Three days later, he's like, you know, I need to do that, that, that. And I said, dude, you broke your resolution not to have a resolution. See how that works? Is that failing or succeeding? I see. I don't know. That's what is so crazy. Don't quit, bro. You got to quit. You got to quit quitting. I mean, keep on keeping on. I think that was from the 70s. How come they sell Christmas tree storage bags? I don't understand this. I thought if you had a Christmas tree in your house that you would just go and put it into the mulch or something. Why would you want to store your Christmas tree? I don't understand. Maybe you've got a thought. 704-570-1110. Uh, coming up in this next hour, it actually probably be in the first segment or the second segment of the next hour. Uh, I'm going to take you back in time to a place uh, where I, I decided... I wanted to strike a blow for American citizenship and I wanted to reach out to the great people of the Mexican government and 
ask them how it is that I could get the hookup by going to Mexico. And, um, could they, could they give me jobs and a place to live and all this stuff? Uh, I think it's a well worth hearing. Some of you may have heard it in the past. I, I think most of you have not. And, uh, we are going to play it, uh, in its entirety. It, it's, it's just, it's just my little way of shedding a little bit of light onto, uh, the craziness of the politics uh, that, that we have to live underneath here. I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at, right? Uh, 704-570-1110. And between now and 7 o'clock, you, everything is fair game. If you want to reflect on the year, if you want to reflect on the political stories, we're more than happy uh, to take your calls. And even if we're not happy to take your call, we will be happy for you. No, I'm, I'm a giver. Really, I am. I'm, I'm a giver. All right. One of the other things that's uh, that's happening out there is obviously you got the presidential election coming down, and before you know it, we're gonna we're gonna have these primaries underway, and we're gonna see kind of what the direction is gonna be in this country as it relates to um, the, the the vote and how you're going to vote, where you're going to vote, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so we'll get into that a- as well. There was a January 6th rioter who was sentenced in secret, provided information to the authorities. Now, this sounds like quite a story, doesn't it? So a Pennsylvania man who was sentenced in secret for his role in the U.S. Capitol riot then cooperated with authorities investigating the January 6, 2021 attack and an unrelated case. The documents provide insight into this unusual secrecy in the case of Samuel Lazar, who had been released from federal custody in September after completing his sentence in the Capitol riot case. His case remained under seal even after his release. So there is no public record of a conviction or a sentence. The records unsealed this week show that Lazar of Ephorata, Pennsylvania, admitted to spraying a chemical irritant at police officers who were trying to defend the Capitol and to using a bullhorn To encourage other rioters to take the weapons uh, from the officers. As he yelled, let's get their guns. He pleaded guilty to assaulting officers using a dangerous weapon and was sentenced to 30 months in prison during a sealed hearing last March. More than 1,200 people have been charged with January 6th related crimes and hundreds of them have pleaded guilty. But it is rare for records of a guilty plea and sentence to be sealed, even in cases involving a defendant's cooperation. Court hearings and records are supposed to be open and available to the public unless there's a compelling need for secrecy. Well, the documents show that the prosecutors asked the judge last year to sentence Lazar to a prison term below the federal guidelines, citing his fulsome cooperation with the government. That included providing, quote, valuable information to authorities investigating the January 6th attack. An attorney for Lazar declined to comment on the uh, on Thursday. She told the judge 
that her client's behavior January 6th was completely out of character for him, and he's an extremely respectful, law-abiding citizen who has deep respect and appreciation for law enforcement. Except for when he was spraying chemical weapons against the cops and telling people to take the cops' guns, I guess. A momentary lack of, 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 of reason, I guess, as they say, with apologies to Pink Floyd. Um, he blindly followed President Trump's cry to fight like hell to take back the country, said the lawyer. The documents were unsealed. On Wednesday, after a coalition of news outlets, including the Associated Press. So you see what's happening here. This is fascinating. You see what's happening. He's going to be the exhibit that's going to be the thing that says Donald Trump called for the overthrow. This is what they're doing. I mean, this is pretty clear. This is pretty right there. You know what I'm wondering about? Could it be? Maybe? Is he a Fed? Could he be like a... Could he be like a... Like a Johnny Depp type character? Could, could he be... Super deep undercover as an agent? That he actually went and did this stuff? And the cover is to sentence him to 30 months? But then they have it so it doesn't show up? And then he's going to be okay? Kind of interesting. I don't know. Wow. What is it that the great philosopher wrote? Once upon a time? Things that make you go, hmm. Another great hour straight ahead. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to Breitbart. No, you're not listening to Breitbart. You're listening to News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It is the Brett Winterville Show, hour number four on your uh, almost uh, time for the weekend uh, getaway. It's uh, good to be here with you. Yesterday, I was talking a lot about the um, Biden administration wanting to control all the stuff that you've got in your house and what appliances you're going to be permitted to buy and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, And I know people don't take this as seriously as maybe I do, but this is a very serious reality that is coming down uh, against the uh, average consumer. The Biden administration today, while he's laying on a beach where he took Air Force One to St. Croix, where this guy's oiled up on the beach, he has his administration demand that you get ready to start buying all kinds of appliances that are going to be all kinds of expensive. Only this guy could do this. It really is unbelievable. 
It is unbelievable. The Biden administration unveiled environmental regulations this Friday targeting multiple popular home and commercial appliances in an action that will impact millions of Americans. And they're doing it because of the state religion that we have in our country. I know you don't believe that there's a state religion. There is. It's not Christianity. It's not the Judeo-Christian ethic. It's not Islam. It's not Buddhism. It's not atheism. It's paganism. It's paganism. It's climate worship. Um, That's my take on this. You don't have to go as far as I'm going, but the fact of the matter is this, you may as well throw a virgin into a volcano for all the good this is going to do. This is about making it look like they are taking climate change seriously. And the way they're going to do it is they're going to force you to tithe. And the way you're going to tithe um, in the same way that the corrupted churches uh, of, of, of the Middle Ages would sell indulgences, these are the corrupted these are the corrupted cardinals of the Biden administration who are going to force you to purchase indulgences, and that's going to be new technology that's not going to work as good as the technology you have. The Department of Energy is the temple is the modern temple of the paganistic approach that we're talking about. The Department of Energy does not create any energy at all. No energy is created by the Department of Energy. It is the temple. It is the holy of holies of the climate ethos. The Department of Energy finalized new energy efficiency standards for refrigerators that are residential, freezers, and proposed standards for commercial fans and blowers. Overall, the agency said the actions would eliminate 420 million metric tons of dangerous carbon dioxide emissions. How do you destroy or get rid of 420 million metric tons of dangerous carbon dioxide emissions over the next three decades? How do you do that? Because last I I heard, matter can neither be Created nor destroyed, right? Isn't that part of the physics ruling elite class? Today's announcement is a testament to the Biden-Harris religion, commitment to lowering utility costs for working families. All families are working. All families are working. That is a nonsensical phrase. Do you get up and work? Working families. DOE, that's the holy of holies of the Department of, Edu- of, uh, of, 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 of Energy, will continue to move quickly in 2024 with our industry partners and stakeholders to update and strengthen outdated energy efficiency standards. The Department of Energy standards for refrigerators and freezers will be implemented between 2029 and 2030, and you will be forced to comply with the new religion. As the standards targeting fans and blowers are the first ever federal regulations targeting those appliances. You're ceiling fans. You're ceiling fans. The blowers. 
They're going after that. That's the problem. Not the chai coms, not the Chinese communists and, and the filthy coal that they're, that they're pr- mining. No, your ceiling fans that move the air around in your room. They're following the standards established by the papacy of California, the origination point of the climate change, where they have rolling blackouts in the summer. Refrigerator standards are much like dishwashers and clothes washers where they've been so many standards over the decades that we're either at the point of diminishing returns or negative returns, said Ben Lieberman at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. There's a tendency for an agency's own analysis to inflate the benefits. Really? No kidding. Really? Really? Consumers are perfectly capable of making these decisions on their own, including consumers who want to buy extra efficient refrigerators or other models. In addition to potentially increasing upfront costs for consumers purchasing new appliances, Lieberman said the new efficiency standards may harm product performance. Here's an example. New standards for dishwashers have led to cycles taking as much as twice as long to finish. According to the DOE, the standards mean the administration proposed or finalized a grand total of 30 such regulations in 2023 as part of Biden's investing in American agenda, underscoring the administration's commitment to tackling the regulations. Experts have repeatedly warned over the last 12 months that the Biden administration was coming for your appliances, coming for your um, stuff. They're coming for your stovetops, your gas stoves. They're coming for your air conditioning. They're, they're coming for your, for your ceiling fans, for your air conditioners, for your heaters, for your, for your hot water heaters. Hamas and Iran are destroying the Middle East, and this guy wants to rearrange the deck chairs on the good old Climate Change Express. If you know people who voted for the Biden-Harris administration, maybe this is the weekend to ask them for a loan so that you can afford the new appliances they're forcing you to buy. Report back on Tuesday or Wednesday and let me know how that goes with your very generous progressive friends. Just tell them you need about 30, 35 grand so that you can retrofit your house and be in compliance with the new religion. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. Okay, so you know, and I know, and we all know, that the border has not been secured, despite the fact that uh, Alejandro Mayorkas and a whole bunch of people went to meet with AMLO, that's the president of Mexico, uh, in the last 24 hours, uh, 24, 48 hours. Um, and, and believe it or not, apparently there was a conversation 
about whether or not we would grant amnesty as part of a deal to secure the border with Mexico. Like that conversation came up, but they're not really talking a lot about it now because I think they understand that that is a probably bad deal to try to push for without the border being secured. All right. Well, a number of years ago, I spent a little bit of time and I reached out to the Mexican consulate and I wanted to talk to them about you know, all these people that come into the United States, they, they basically, you know, shelter, housing, support, all that sort of stuff. I wanted to find out how I could be a part of that myself, but in Mexico. And, well, here's how the conversation went with the consulate from Mexico. Consulado de México, buenos días. Uh, buenos días. Uh, do you speak English? I had a question for you. Hold on, please. Yes? Yes, hi. I'm interested in visiting Mexico, uh, uh, but I don't know how long I want to stay. I, I want to come across, see if I like it, and maybe stay a little longer. Is there a procedure I can follow inside of Mexico that allows me to stay longer uh, than, say, my visa? Like, uh, can, I, can I just come over and hang out for a while? Uh, what do you mean when you say um, how um, longer time this? Maybe I want to. Maybe I want to move. Maybe I want to move into Mexico. You know, uh, live in an apartamento and you know get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 stay. Can I? Okay. Can, if you want to get a job in Mexico, and if you want to live there, you have to get the job first, the offer job first. Well, so you need to start the, the tramit in Mexico, and when you have the permission for immigration office, uh-huh. you can come over here to LA to the consulate. So I can't just go and get a job? Like, I can't just go work at a farm or at a factory? You can go as a tourist. Where are you from? LA. Okay, are you from, from here, USA? Yeah, yeah I'm from you the USA. I'm, a, I'm American, yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, you can go as a tourist, and if you, have, if you find... Uh, uh, offer job, they can give you the, uh, um, you know, the letter, something like that. Mm-hmm. They need to go to the immigration office, mm-hmm. and then you need to make an appointment with us here in the consulate and to apply for a, a, a resident tem- a temporary resident visa. If I if I if I don't find a job. Or I don't like it. Can is there any? Can I get assist? Could like the government assist me? Could I get some money from Mexico to stay in Mexico? You know, because like I don't have a job now, or whatever. Basically, I'm looking. I'm trying to see what you can do for me, and maybe what Mexico, what President uh, Nieto can do for me if I come across. Maybe take care of me. Uh, could I have a? Could he give me a house, maybe or apartment, and oh, maybe oh, give oh. and give me some money to stay? Because I want to stay. Yes, the problem. The problem is the. Do you have work here in USA or? Not? Nah, I'm not work. I've been working in a while. I, you know, I do odds and ends, odd jobs, but not really. You, I, I basically if you want to live in Mexico. Yeah. And you don't have work. Okay, yeah. No, there's no other way. What? You have to get a job in Mexico, or you have to apply for um, resident temporary resident. Uh, by um, solv- economic solvency. Yeah. 
and you have to approve to prove that you have uh, employment here in USA, or do you have a pension or something so, like that that you you get um, money? That doesn't. That's or not fair. I want to. I just want to live in Mexico without money. But I thought. Really? I thought that, I mean, there's people from Mexico coming here. Why can't I go there? And, you know, there's obviously a lot of space now because people are coming here. And I thought maybe I could get a, a job or maybe not. And maybe, do I have to speak Spanish to live there? Can I just talk English? Yes, you can stay there. So there's a lot of people living in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, it's your um, it's your option. You have you have an illegal status because you are as a tourist. You cannot work. You cannot live in Mexico. Uh. If you want to do it, do it. But uh, the the law says that if you want to live in Mexico. Um, Six months and a year. I don't know how long are you going to stay there. You have to apply for a visa. What will What will happen if they catch me and I stay too long? What happens? What happens? Do you are going to depart? They're going to throw me back in America. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. If you If you have in If you are in Mexico, stay in Mexico more than six months. Yeah. And they check that you are living in Mexico without visa. And they are going to depart. It. Uh, you have six, five years, mm-hmm. to not, and um, you cannot go to Mexico in five years. I can't come back for five, so they throw me out. I can't come back for five years. Yes, at, at least three years or five years. So I can't get, like, like if, uh, so I can't get, like, the president to just say, okay, you can stay. I got to, like, follow the, you have rules I have to follow. Mm. Okay. I appreciate your time. Uh, uh, um, uh, adios and uh, uh, muy buen, and thank you very much, okay? okay? Okay, okay, so... I got it. I think I might just take a bus and come over, though. Okay, I think okay, I might just... Check, check our, our uh, website, and there's a lot of kind of visa. You can check what is the visa do you need. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. You, you too. Bye-bye. I mean, you can't just go over. But what happens? Can somebody explain to me, like, what's the difference? I I could go over there. I could work. There's I have skills. I could grow peppers. I could do tuck and roll. You know, upholstery work. I could be a talk show host over there. I don't speak Spanish, but I mean that's okay. A lot of people speak English in, in Mexico. I could be like a. I could be a. Bretito in the morning or something like that. I mean, whatever it is. But does they see? But what do they say? They she says you can't. We're not going to give you free stuff. We can't give you. And what I said? Can you give me housing? What does she say? No, no, we don't do that. But what are we doing? Why? Why are we doing this? This is. Is this the old double standard? Is this the old, they'll get you every time, that double standard. You think you can go over to Mexico and, and just live like the people are coming here and they're living. And by the way, I thought I made a very compelling point when I said there's a lot of people leaving Mexico. There's no space. I'd like to maybe occupy some of that space. But apparently, apparently they got rules in Mexico. Who knew they got rules in Mexico so you could immigrate. And if you stay there too long, you can't come back for five years. They send you home. That's rough. That that's rough. I figured. I figured they're coming here. We could be going there. Who's gonna know? Who who's it really gonna hurt? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. News Talk 1110-993 WVT. It's the Brett Witterbull Show. Good to be with you. Uh, let's jump out and uh, grab a caller, perhaps two. Uh, let's talk to Tony first up here. Hey, Tony, welcome to the program. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, how you doing there? I'm doing great, thanks. Awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, I, I just want, on the last segment that you just had where the lady was uh, talking about Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, my, my first wife was Mexican. Mm-hmm. And we we have a 29-year-old son together. So, you know, back in the day, I I spent seven years living in Mexico, in Tepeji del Rio, outside Mexico City, and Guadalajara area. Okay. And, 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 and there's several things that happens with Americans when you go down to Mexico mm-hmm. that we don't see happening here in the United States. And one of the things is when I asked permission to the government to marry her down there, uh, you know, get the license and everything. I had to prove how much, how many bank accounts I had, how much money I had, how I would take care of her financially. Mm. Um, another thing is, I was not allowed to purchase property. I could purchase a, an Ahito, which mm-hmm. is a 99 year lease. Right. Non renewable, not transferable to any family members. Now, she was able to purchase land because she was, a, she was Mexican. Right. Uh, but me being American, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. Every single six months, I had to leave Mexico and come back to the United States and renew a visa. Wow. Many times, we blew that off because of financial costs. When you're a 12-hour drive away from the border. For sure. We'd blow it off for uh, 18 months, 24 months, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you get to the point where you're in a small little town. Nobody's really questioning anything. But legally, every six months, I was supposed to come back to the United States and renew that visa. That's unbelievable. I mean, like, think about the burden of that. And can you imagine today, like with like with the with the challenges they have going on, obviously with like the with the cartels and stuff like that, you're taking your life in your hands just to make the journey to go renew. Even listen, even back then, yeah, I remember we were in a town called Tepeji del Rio, also in Mexico City, and we would travel from Tepeji to a neighboring state, uh, uh, El Salto, it was in the state of Mexico, and Tepeji was in the state of Hidalgo, mm-hmm. and it's like a a, a twenty mile kilom- a twenty kilometer little drive to yep. go from the one town to the other over the mountain pass. And, and we had seen Hudiciales and Federales mm-hmm. having gunfights against each other while we're driving a little Volkswagen bug with our family of three kids up in there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so my. Today, I can only imagine yeah. how much worse compared to what it was 28, 30 years ago. Yeah, see? But, but, and that, that was the whole purpose of me playing this because 
you know, like people just come into the United States like it's no big deal. And and there's no I mean, he's he's said the border's basically open and it is. And you just you just show up and you go to school and you do all that stuff. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people would be shocked to realize that, like, people don't typically get to go to school unless you got the money to pay for it down in Mexico. Right. I mean, it's not people don't just get to go to school. Like hey, we hey, have it here. On that note, on that very same note, when I arrived in Mexico, my ex-father-in-law says, well, Tony, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm, I, I'm a painter. I'm in construction. He said, no, you're not. He said, you won't make but 200 pesos a week. He said, you're an English teacher. I said, what are you talking about? I, I hated English in high school. I flunked it. It was the worst. I hated conjugating verbs. He said, it doesn't matter. You have the native tongue. To teach. So I taught English down there in Mexico. Wow. wow. And that's how, I, that's how I made a living. And wow. my ex-wife and I, we made four times what an engineer would make coming out of school. Holy teaching cow. at uh, factories, Pilgrim's Pride, Cannon Mills, because that was all after NAFTA when mm-hmm. Clinton sent all the textiles down there. Right. And, and we, made, we made a good living. I mean, we, 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 we did well down there. But it was just so dangerous, and yeah. everything was always you're, sketchy. You're all, it gets it gets when sketchy. We finally came back to the United States. We had had a five year old son who was born down there, and I couldn't get his papers at the consulate to come across to the United States because my ex wife accidentally checked the box that she was going to immigrate to the United States. <laughs> so they denied her visa, and we were told. Bring him across the border and apply for his passport to get his citizenship. Wow. And I'm an American, born and raised for Mm -hmm. generation after generation. She was foreign. We did that. I came across the border with that five-year-old 28 years ago. They looked at me driving a Mexican converted camper Mm -hmm. with a Mexican tag and said, is this your son? And I said, yes, it is. Have a nice day. Wow. Wow. And they didn't check any of his papers. Look at, look at his that. His birth certificate or anything when he wow. came across the border. Wow. Tony, what a great story, man. I appreciate you being there and uh, uh, enlightening, enlightening this audience. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, thanks. Listen to you all the time. Love you guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show, Matt. Brett Winterbull, you get an A-plus. If you weren't number one in the nation in your weight class of radio shows, you could have been a jerky boy or one of the crank anchors. Uh, you have such a dry sense of humor when you said, uh, well, there's so many people coming up here from there. There should be plenty of room down there. <laughs> and she, I don't think she got it, but I got it. Uh, that, that was just wonderful. That was one of the best phone calls I've heard. Thanks, um, man. Thank you very much. When did you, when did you make that call? Uh, it was, uh, it was like 20, 2018, 2019, something like that. So, yeah. So, very so well. Yeah. It was, yeah, but, very, but it's the dude, well it holds done. up. It holds up all these years later. I mean, it does. It does. So. And you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it's a crank call, but it's not a crank call. I mean, right. you made some very valid points. I just I wanted to find out how do I come across, you yeah, know? Like, why can't I do what you guys are doing? What you guys are doing, yeah. man. Everybody gets a free shot. Great Beautiful, stuff. man. That's all I got to say. That's- Have a happy new year, man. I appreciate you, Matt, every time. Thank you, buddy. Happy new year, Brett. Bye-bye. Yeah, very welcome. Uh, there you go. As Rush would say, absurdity by 
illustrating absurdity. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. You know, you know it's, it's amazing when you see stuff that people actually try to, try to pull and get away with, okay? Recently, a security guard police impersonator attempted to pull over a police captain in, uh, in New Mexico. Cops really hate police impersonators for obvious reasons, but when given the opportunity to bust one, they will jump at the chance and hope it discourages copycats. So when a security guard allegedly tried doing a traffic stop on a police captain in New Mexico, the state police responded and took care of business. According to NW Body Cam, which uploaded the body cam footage of the incident on YouTube, it all went down earlier this year. The unnamed captain was off-duty and driving down Interstate 40 when he says the security guard tries to pull him over using red and blue flashing lights. When the captain started pulling over, thinking the unfamiliar car must be with the sheriff's office, the suspect switched off the lights and kept driving. That's when the captain called for active units to respond. As is often the case, the security guard was driving a vehicle which, at a glance, could pass for a police cruiser. He was also wearing a a tactical vest and a radio, first aid scissors, and other items which would cause a lot of people at first glance to think he's really a cop. The guy tries to tell the police he's in charge because they're on a business property he's paid to patrol. He clearly doesn't understand that you can't commit a crime on a public road, then flee to a private road, and then say it's just that that's how it is. After he refused to hand over his driver's license, the state police explain that this guy's going to earn an immediate arrest. He doesn't back down. He resists arrest. That's interesting because his behavior wasn't too dissimilar from the car thieves and other criminals that you see flee from, free from police. The Renacop also tries to lecture the police after he gets arrested and nitpicks how they perform the technical nature of their job. I mean, who does that? How do people do this? There are so many departments that are like hire. I mean, they're like desperate to hire people to be law enforcement. They'll, they'll send you... They'll send you over to, to your, uh, you know, they'll they'll send you over to wherever, and it's like you could you could do great stuff, and instead you want to be this weirdo. I I've never understood the weirdos that want to pretend to be cops. Oh, I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna put on all my gear, and I'm gonna go try to run a guy, and it's a police captain. Uh, this, you, you know, I, I I want to try to understand when people pull stuff like this, like whatever whatever it is, like whatever they're attempting to try to do, because we everybody lives in this reset world where you can just oh everything's a game, everything is we're just playing, none of this is real. 
Uh, I'm going to try to pull somebody. I mean, can you? I lived adjacent to New Mexico for a little bit of time, and you know, I, I understand that you got a lot of people that are kind of a little bit adventurous, I guess, is the term I would use. But this idea that you try to pull somebody over in their car, not knowing who they... Like, I, I think about this sometimes. I, I have seen... So like I, 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 I've told the story, I told the story a number of times on the air. So when I, when me and Sherry were first married, we went to Montana to go and spend time in Montana. It was like a, you know, like a, a vacation that we had dreamt of doing for a really long time. And we pulled into a, a, a remote part of the park that was there and we were kind of admiring the wildlife. There were antelopes and, and stuff like that. And we were, we were admiring them just like standing by our vehicle looking at like wow this is incredible nature that you don't get to see where we were living at the time we were living in new york city and a car van pulled up a van pulled up alongside us and they 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 did that thing where it's like a gravel road and they just they hit the brakes really hard and the the kind of skids on the gravel and the door flew up it was a minivan the door flew open and you hear like the mom and the dad in the car yelling all right, look at that, it's antelopes, let's go get them. That's what they said. They said, look at those antelopes, let's go get them. And they jumped out of the car and ran towards the antelopes that were in like a marsh or whatever the heck it was. I, I, I'm not totally fluent with like rural areas like that, but the, the, the antelope was just like standing out there. And it was like, it was a dad and a mom and then like a 13-year-old girl, and then like a a, a nine-year-old boy, and then like a five-year-old boy, and then like a three-year-old kid, like a three-year-old. And dad and mom are leading them in to go run in, and they're like, antelope, let's get them. Tommy, what does get them mean? Like, what are you going to get with an antelope? So... But they know. they ran in. They ran into like the marsh. They ran in there, and not not like I don't know about maybe ninety seconds later, you hear them running back in exact opposite order: the three year old, the five year old, the 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 nine year old, the thirteen year old, the mom, and the dad, and they leap back into the van and speed off. And to this day, I just, I think about this and I go, who declares antelope get them? Like, how, what does one do to get an antelope? Like, I would not want to go near an, uh, you know, you see all kinds of wildlife out there, right? That's why I always make the case, do not harass the buffaloes or the bison. They're amazing animals and they will destroy you. They, these, look at their back legs. They got a hard head, and they got shoulders, and then they got legs that look like a linebacker who will kill you with the speed they can produce. Uh, Mountain goats, grizzly bears. I saw all that stuff come through where we were camping, and I was fascinated by it, and I never once uttered the phrase, Hey, Buffalo, let's get it. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to ride him. Oh, there's a bear with a baby bear. Let me get between the two and take a photograph. I mean, it's, this is like, 
we always over assume that people have more common sense than they have. And common sense, as cliche as it sounds, is like, oh, you know, common sense isn't as common as it used to be. Common sense is getting extinct. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's really, I'm going to pull some rando over on a highway, and then what are you going to do? You're going to go grab an antelope, and then what are you going to do? You're going to drag them to the car? You're going to ride them? You're going to make a picture? Because back then it was taking a picture. There was no, it wasn't like selfie time. It was, you know, the, the dark ages. And so, you know, you look at this and you go, people just don't, there's, I guess there's no boundaries anymore. There's no like boundaries of reality. Everything else is just really, really freaky all the way around. Listen, I want you people to have an absolutely incredible uh, New Year's uh, weekend. Um, I, I am so blessed to be able to come behind this microphone and spend time with, with this audience four hours, uh, Monday through Friday. It, it is, it is always such a pleasure. And I, and I'd be remiss if I didn't thank profusely my incredible team, Tommy and Pam Warner and Anna Erickson, uh, TJ, when he's in, uh, doing it, we, we have got such a tremendous team and we've got so much great stuff planned for, um, for 2024. It's really going to be an amazing year. It's an election year. It's going to be compelling. It's going to be important. And I promise you this. My guarantee for 2024 is it's going to be better than 2023. And we're going to have a lot more laughter and fun. And what we're going to do at some point is we're all going to get together. And we're going to stand looking at each other. And I'm going to point And I'm going to say, all right, everybody. Look at that. Let's get them. Not. Have a great new year. I'm Brett Witterbull. News Talk 1110-993-WBT.